I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. This is the <laughs> this is our special two-day series. This is day two of our special giving thanks for American exceptionalism in liberty. Uh, yesterday, we talked about two very important men. We talked about James Otis Jr. and why he is called the midwife to liberty. And we gave a very, really interesting history that led up to Crispus Attucks being the first martyr for American liberty. Right. You know, that history that we talked about yesterday, J.C., welcome my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. Thank you. <laughs> I always forget. That history that we talked about yesterday is so necessary i mean like i said so many times our history books don't teach anything at all or they you know they they glorify uh they deify our founders and they act as if there was no struggle at all they act like if bada bing bada boom they woke up one day and bam they wrote the declaration of independence and yeah i i don't think i don't think that americans get a real sense of the intensity and and the length of time, how drawn out this was, and 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 how uh, how intense, how chaotic uh, that it was. I, I really don't think we have a sense. We have a very sort of sanitized mm -hmm. uh, version of history. I think we have in our book Essential Stories for Junior Patriots. Trying to give it to you without a glare here. Uh, the story of Crispus Attucks and the story of James Otis Jr., the two men that we talked about yesterday yeah. in not, greater not detail. The, yeah, w we we don't cover all of what right, we covered right. last time in that book. But, but now on Liberty First University, yes. we talk about these things. And, and I'm yes. going to be doing uh, a presentation on the Boston Massacre and, and you know, going right. to go through the lead up and, you know, more than just just right. hey here's right, here's right. this thing that happened because there's so much more uh on that i really want to make i've i've wanted for a long time to to kind of make a timeline some kind of graphic representation of timeline some of these events have happened mm -hmm. because the, the the thing about it is when you when you dig into these things and you mm -hmm. dig into particularly the why right. right what what contributed what led up what was going right. on why did the people do what they were doing is really where you see so many of the parallels 
of things happening today yep. and how things are being done today. <laughs> what are that's what I have that history does. class called uh, that's available on DVD called America Disarmed. Yeah. Uh, the the events that that led up to Governor Gage of Massachusetts disarming one town and then the consequences of one governor disarming one town. And the parallels are amazing. The history of the American uh, of our Constitution, the parallels of history are see, just stunning. And see, that's one of the problems. So then, you know, some of the some of the other folks can look at people like us and people that mm-hmm. are, you know, upset about various things, and they act like, "What's wrong with you people?" Because it's because right. it's all brand right, new right. to them. You know what I mean? It's all it's just. Oh, it's just the way those people think. It's just they have weird ideas. But this is your history. It's repeating itself. And it has over and over and over again. And there's so many parallels when you dig into this history. And that's why it's important. That's and, and also conversely to that, that's why I think history, in my opinion, is is made on purpose to Mm -hmm. be boring. Yeah. to be dull, yeah. to be uninteresting, to be irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. We go through history, it's learn this date, this name, this event happened, this date. These dead guys that have absolutely no relevance yeah. to our it's society, just, no but it's just relevance a title. to what's going on. It's a title or a name and a date. Right. And that's it. And you don't, they, I don't remember too much. I mean, I had a couple of good history teachers, but you don't generally, the, the teachers don't generally get into the details and mm-hmm. demonstrate how they relate to where we are today, why they're important, what they teach us, what light they shine on, what's going on. It's astounding if people, it seems to me, if people actually knew this history, mm-hmm. knew the context, the details, the why, right. the house, all of this stuff that we talk about. Uh, I don't think there'd be this, this sort of, th- these s- separate camps, you know, of, some yeah. people fighting for this, other people pushing the other way. Yeah. I mean, it would be obvious to everybody. You would see this and go, hey, you know, this this has happened at least uh, 27 times in our history. And, you know, it looks the same. We shouldn't be doing this. So I, I think that that's why this stuff is important. That's why we do what we do uh, on Liberty First University. And, of course, you know, you, you can uh, you can go there and enroll mm-hmm. and you can get a lot of this stuff, a lot of the details right. uh, and in-depth and, in and even more than than what we're talking about. And then yeah, we have the Forgotten Founders class there, too. Yes, yes. And so we want to talk about the women today. And, of course, those of you who are long-term listeners, you must know who are we, who's Chrisanne going to bring up, right? Mercy Otis Warren. Plus, I told you yesterday. Something we about this about. Otis family. I know, right? Well, here's the thing. The thing about the Otis family was their father. Uh-huh. Their father was a lawyer. He was a judge, but he was dedicated to teaching his children about liberty. Right. They talk about Mercy talks about it in her books. Otis talks about their upbringing of of being steeped in this liberty. So it's no it's no it's no mystery to you than knowing uh, the story that I told about how Hannah Winthrop went to visit James Otis Jr.'s wife, who was a loyalist to the king, with huge political rift in that family, where this 10-year-old, the oldest boy, Jemmy, tells, uh, stands up to a, a friend who, who's complimenting his mom. You have uh-huh. a great mom. She's a wonderful mom. And little Jemmy at 10 years old stands up. She'd be even better if she was a daughter of liberty, right? right. So you have so, a, a heritage and a legacy. A heritage and a legacy that makes this. Now, Mercy was born September 14th. Yeah? 
like five days before me. <laughs> in 1728 in Barnstable, Mass. Did I say that right? Barnstable? I'm, uh, you would have to ask <laughs> someone from there. I don't, it's probably, I don't speak. It's probably. I don't speak. Barnstable. Bostonian. Barnstable. I don't know. Barnstable, Mass. And. Um, I was looking at. There's. I was looking at evacuation day. There's one for New York, and then there's one in Massachusetts, and it was one of those words with the Esther on the end. And I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. It's not Worcester. It's, it's Worcester. It's either Dorchester or Dorster. Dorster. Or something. So <laughs> I don't know. Ask a so Bostonian. Mercy was called the conscience of the American Revolution. She was the first American woman political advisor. Yeah. That's why she was called the conscience of the American Revolution. She was an advisor to Washington, to Jefferson, to uh, all of these men, to Adams and and uh, the men who, uh, Gary, all of these people and that I've, would become the Liberty, that were the Liberty Movement. Yeah. While they were in the Liberty Movement, they wrote her letters and sought her advice. And I think that term has to do with her adherent, her uncompromising yes. adherence to principle. It, yes. it is... It is astounding when you read her letters, her essays. Um, there is just a a laser focus yes. to borrow a term from a former president on principle. Just yeah. she is absolutely unswervingly. She is my. Principled. She is my hero, hero, my inspiration, which probably will give you a little insight on on what keeps me focused. Yeah. Right. Uh, we just had a conversation just the other day with uh, a number of friends of mine who are part of the Liberty Movement. And in this particular situation, the Patriot Act was used to, quote unquote, stop a potential church or uh, potential school shooting. Yep. And I'm talking with these people and I'm like, look, due process is important here. This is not a good thing unless they follow due process. And these people who who are against the NDAA, who are against um, government authorities, well, in this time, you know, in this particular situation, we got the bad guy, right? And I said, and, and, and they, they all really got mad at me for a few minutes because I said to him, I said, oh, that's great. All we got to do is lift up the right bad guy. And then all of the sudden, the NDAA, the Patriot Act is okay. Tell it's that to, justified. Tell that to all the other innocent people who have been trodden. Well, and, and these are these are Western friends. And I said, look, tell that to Jeanette Finnegan. Right. Right. And I said, I'll just pray that no one in your family gets uh, falsely accused. And then it was, well, Christian, it's not everything's about liberty. And I said, yes, it is. Everything is about liberty. What is your life without liberty? What is your peace without liberty? That's the exact same speech that that Patrick Henry got. So I'm, I'm getting on my squirrel again. But this is this is she is my inspiration. She is yeah. the one that keeps me liberty focused. Well, I think besides the besides the very principled too, another parallel I see with Chris Ann Hall. She was uh, she was very um, blunt and <laughs> and uh, gave no quarter to to the politicians and what have I me. Mean, she right. really and you're talking again. This is a woman, mm -hmm. late 1770s, 1780s. This, this female is 1760s is even. blasting these politicians in public, 
in writings and essays well, published in newspapers. She's naming names. She's, she's not only using yep. really strong language, calling them prostitutes, corrupt liars. She's not only vipers. the first American woman political advisor. She's the first American woman uh, playwright. Yep. And part of her boldness is she actually puts on the stage <laughs> these these blasting characters of the Tories and the Loyalists. She writes Shakespearean style satire. in satire, mm-hmm. and 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 there look, there is no mistake who Mercy is putting on that sure. stage, and so her brother is be called. You know, I mean, not only that, you're living in a culture. Where if your family member is charged with treason, which James Otis Jr. has been charged with treason, that means the entire family is guilty yeah. of treason. Like right? the Klingons. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Klingons. The family honor. The family honor. So she is a treasonist, and she's she embraces that. Oh, heck yeah, I am, right? Yeah. And she puts it out there. And she writes this history book. The, the rise, the termination, the rise, progress and termination of the American history that ends up chapping the hide of James of John Adams because of the candor in which she writes. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal talking about our thanksgiving for the liberty that makes America exceptional. I am here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall and we are talking about the historic heroine of Mercy Otis Warren. And and she did speak with such candor, and that's why I think that John Adams did not like her. Now John Adams wore his feelings on his sleeve. Sure, he is the oh yeah, he is the author of the Sedition Act because he gets mad at, at politicians calling him a fat pompous king. He gets mad that every time he walks in the room, they they hum the king's pomp and circumstance to sort of <laughs> illustrate their disfavor of his his tyrannical behavior. And 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 it's interesting because many of the history books that glorify John Adams, they don't talk about this. There's a reason why Adams and Jefferson had a serious falling out. And a lot of the people, even though uh, they liked Samuel Adams' cousin, that he was a staunch liberty fighter in this movement, they also knew that he was an arrogant putz. (laughs) And so in her book, uh, I have a copy of Mercy Otis Warren's Rise, Progress, and Termination of the American Revolution. Just so you can see this, I, I write all over my books. So everything is 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 thing. She This is part of what she says. She saw, said there were certain men who held the language of patriotism but trod the footsteps of tyranny. Can you, can you think of anybody in politics today? <laughs> That they learned the language that learned the language oh, of man. patriotism, but trod the steps, footsteps of tyranny. We have cert- we, we have seen that <gasps> since 2010, man. Just Diane Feinstein. We were watching a no, series Pelosi. of her. Uh, Pelosi, Diane Pelosi. Uh, no, 
What's yes, her name? That's Nancy good. Pelosi, yeah, Diane Pelosi. Pelosi. That's good. I like it. <laughs> you guys know Let's we go with that. <laughs> Diane Pelosi. Nancy, Nancy, Nancy Feinstein. Nancy Feinstein, and Diane Pelosi. Nancy, Nancy Feinstein. Now you got it. Me stuck on it. Um, Nancy Pelosi has taken up the habit of referencing the yeah, founders when crazy. she speaks. I, when she, when uh, after the midterm elections and she came out and you know gave the little victory speech, it was. You know, our founders wanted us to do this. And she talked about unity. They wanted us to unify and this and that. And it yeah. was just this yeah. r- reference over and over again to the founders. And then we heard it again uh, oh, the crazy. other day. It's just it's just a thing with her now. It's totally bizarre. It's it. And it's it, it's it's right. like it's like if you if you if you came home from work, you know, and and your dog is sitting in the living room on on the mm-hmm. rug waiting for you to come home and like mm-hmm. the dog looks up and goes hey man uh glad you made it back it's good to see you you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. <laughs> you're talking you know words coming out of the mouth of the dog it's like not something you expect and it's pretty bizarre so that's kind of the that's the surreal <laughs> feeling that i get when i hear uh pelosi referring to the founders so not only i mean this book is just full of mercy speak she says uh, here in her seven, uh, chapter 5 of 1774, some will always, from fear, ignorance, or imbecility, justify all things done by hand of power. Some, because of their education, she refers, she says, in which they had been educated, uh, talking about the fact that their government was pushing an education back then that taught even servitude. Now they didn't have like public schools, but they had education that was, was pushed by government. And we know that because of the things that, uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, you would do well. language. She's, she is, she is absolutely a a wordsmith. Here in chapter six of her book, uh, the 1775, JC, you probably like this. She actually relates a history of how slaves were freed prior to the independence in Virginia. Uh-huh. So there was an yeah, emancipation. Yeah, yeah, there was an emancipation places. in Virginia prior to the independence, but in the independence movement. Because remember, uh, there are uh, these these founders were fighting for liberty. Now, um, Mercy wrote a book, uh, a pamphlet about our Constitution called Observations on the New Constitution and on the Federal and State Conventions in it, 1788. Is that the one? Maybe there was an earlier one. No, that's that they the one. they attributed to Gary? That's Eldridge the one Gary? they attributed okay. to Gary, uh, Eldridge Gary, Elbridge Gary. And now we know that Mercy Otis Warren wrote it. And uh, it's just simply... Uh, it's it's amazing the candor in which she writes. She was not a fan of. She was an anti-federalist. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we'll talk when we come right back. The 
The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our two-day series, day two of giving thanks for the exceptionalism of American liberty by thanking those and learning about those who brought it for us. Um, Mercy, Mercy wrote uh, this, this observations of the new constitution and on the federal, state, and conventions. And she wrote... The immediate gift of the creator obliges everyone to resist the first approaches of tyranny, which at this day threaten to sweep away the rights for which the brave sons of America fought. Behold the insidious efforts of the partisans of arbitrary power to lock the strong chains of domestic despotisms on a country. Save us from anarchy on the one hand and the jaws of tyranny on the other. And she was, uh, she was an amazing writer. She did amazing things. And it's amazing to me. She's, JC, she's the first of firsts. Yeah. And, and the majority of American women today have never heard her name. Right. Yeah, and you would think if you're if this, you're a feminist for real, right? Y- you should uh, right know who this is. And and so what we have now is in a generation. Even in my generation, there may be a handful, but in this new generation coming up, nobody nobody knows who this is, right? So I think uh, let's show everybody her picture again, JC, just so we can see Mercy. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, graceful. And, you know, she she maintained her beauty as a woman while speaking boldly and professing of truth, even to the often distaste of the men around her. Right. Right. And I just want to say thank you to Mercy Otis Warren. Uh, You can go to Liberty First University. We have the Forgotten Founders class where we teach about many of these women. Uh, You know, one of my other favorite women is Prudence Cummings Wright, uh, because I actually held her musket. I mean, this was an amazing woman who... Man, that was a huge rifle. It was huge. Huge musket. Huge musket. Crazy. And I don't know how much bigger she was than me because back then people were smaller than we are now. I'm probably the average height <laughs> of a woman back then. But are. oh yeah, you have to set the butt like way far away because yeah. you know you got to load it from the top. That was pretty wild. It's pretty amazing. That was our friend Dan Fisher has right. s- several of those. Right. And so if you go to Liberty First University and get the Forgotten Founders class or you get the Forgotten Founders DVD at libertyfirstuniversity.com, you can see Prudence's musket and me holding it yeah um but she led her militia so she um in in the there's so many beautiful women in that story you have somebody you're going to bring forward oh well for I, this thankfulness day yeah yeah well i was just going to mention i mean i don't you could probably speak to more of the details but we we uh recently were we're in uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. We're in the Car- Carolinas, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to see our friends Fred and Nicole there mm-hmm. uh, at, at, at an event. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, every time, and in fact, I think 
I saw this somewhere as we were driving through. We got to see Eden, the Hayes Brothers, Edenton, too. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, got to see Brothers. the Hayes Brothers. And we had dinner at their house. Joel it was and, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, Thank you for that beautiful breaking of bread. <laughs> but there's a connection there in Edenton, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought about Penelope Barker. And Penelope, Penelope Barker uh, basically arranged uh, a tea party. Right, like a the Boston political demonstration. Yeah, Boston Tea Party. <laughs> when when the Boston Tea Party, and here's another thing: is one of, once again one of those things in history. Like oh, here's this isolated event. Mm-hmm. This happened. The Boston Tea Party was not an isolated event. There were That's over a right. hundred such events throughout the colonies. Right, at, right, right, right. You know, at the same Most time. Most people don't teach that. It was no. it was an organized event by the Sons of Liberty, sparked by the committees of correspondence, yes. which were birthed from the courtroom of James Otis right. Jr. So it was it was mm-hmm. you can't say nationwide. It was colonies wide, right? I mean it was all over wide. America mm-hmm. all over the American it's practically colonies. Practically continentally wide. <laughs> they there you that go. Time. Continentally wide. They <laughs> were they were uh having these tea parties. And then so uh, another Tea Party organized in response to the 1773 Tea Act yeah. <laughs> uh, was by Penelope Barker. And she gathered, uh, I think it was 50 women, right? It was over 50 women, yeah. There's over 50 signatures. Some yeah. say 50, some say 55, but there were over 50 signatures on the petition. And so she gathered these women in the home of Elizabeth King in Edenton, North Carolina. And they had uh, their own tea party and the the amazing thing uh is the petition that they signed yes. so they were doing the boycott we mentioned the boycott mm-hmm. when we we're talking about the the leading up to the boston mm-hmm. massacre some of the context was the boycott on tea and you know some of the merchants were refusing and they were still selling and so you had people uh, a couple of these merchants in boston that they were you know right. they were harassing mm-hmm. saying man you, you you know you can't do this uh, you can't sell this this wicked tea, mm-hmm. and so these ladies enacted their own boycott. Boycott, and you talked about the black market. So mm-hmm. they were they were making sassafras tea, and they would get together and teach you know teach the younger ones and teach one another how to how to make See, their own that's paper the and linen knowledge and is not power unless it's activated. activated. These yeah. women just didn't sit around and watch Fox News, Fox News and get angry. And just make Facebook posts. And make fake Facebook posts and Instagram posts and Twitter posts. They actually went out in the community and be and were politically active in this boycott, right? They're traveling around and teaching. They said, we will purchase no English-made goods until the laws that have enslaved our people are repealed. And so what happens is, is so they don't have to purchase this stuff. They travel around and they teach the women how to make tea out of sassafras and raspberry. They teach the women how to make linen out of a flaxen and wool. Because remember this act that came forward in the 1650s mandating the purchase of these items compounded by the unlawful taxation without representation now being enforced by warrantless searches. The, the, the people like we're we can't participate in this. Right. You know, I mentioned, J.C., I, I don't want to get too far off track, but I mentioned in the course that I teach at Liberty First University, the um, taxation course that I teach. Right. That our founders believed that a refusal to participate in taxation was an essential right of checks and balance on the peoples uh, held by the people. 
And so their refusal to actually participate in this taxation was their right in their uh, right to petition the government for a redress of their grievances. Yes. And so that's what these women were doing. What's amazing was Merce, was Penelope Barker's battle cry. Can you stick her? I want to see everybody see her picture when oh, I yeah. when I give her battle cry. She says, uh, "Maybe it has only been the king who has stood. Uh, uh, maybe it has only been the men who have stood up to the king by now. That only means it has taken us women too long to be heard." She says, "We are signing our names to a document, not hiding ourselves behind." costumes like the men in boston did at their tea party she said we uh the the government will know who we are yeah right so here she has very bold she's very bold she is friends with mercy she is friends with abigail these women share a boldness in their speech and i believe it's because and mercy talks about this a lot they're not in this for themselves right for the for them it's about the children we Mercy says we will stand against tyranny today or our children will bow tomorrow. Mercy talks a lot about how they're standing for their children. And these women signed this protest and sent it to Parliament to um, to put them on notice. Hey, we are not going to be a part of this. And I believe, uh, as we talk about in the Forgotten Founders class, that um, this is part of the thing that the British soldier was talking about when he was talking to General Cornwallis, when he said, we may defeat the American women, but or the American men, but we'll have all we can do to defeat the women. Right. Because by the time he said that, the women are on the battlefield. The women are, de- are defending the towns. The women are actually um, taking up the arms in local towns. Plus, they have almost completely decimated the linen industry. They're bankrupting the British government in the American colonies. Yeah. The women are doing this, and not they- just... Just speaking, but in action. They carried on this uh, boycott through, you know, throughout the war. The, the right. Whole war. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, that that's always I actually think about that every time we drive through right. North Carolina that pops into my head or right. any, either right. of the Carolinas. Right. But that's Eden to North Carolina. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, I think they I'm not sure they have a. a museum there i remember you were talking about it somewhere mm-hmm. you were given the presentation <clears throat> and uh didn't somebody somebody contact you or sent you a message um that was from from this area yeah no they there. have a museum there's a plaque up you can search it on google it's there's a plaque up commemorating the actions of these yeah. women they said they were so excited that somebody was talking about it yeah yeah. But you know th- these. Um, oh, actually, I think I think the Junior Patriots book is actually in the Edenton Historical Library yeah, maybe, because of the fact maybe. that we talk about her in our chapter. But that was um, so. Penelope Barker is credited with organizing. It's home mm-hmm. home of Elizabeth King, Edenton, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then they sign they sign this uh, this pledge, right? And and it was published, and. Um, I mean, everybody saw it. The British everybody saw it. They saw weren't it. happy about it. Here, one thing, one thing in the uh, in their uh, boycott and and pledge, they said, uh, "We're determined to give memorable proof of our patriotism." 
and we cannot be indifferent on any occasion that appears nearly to affect the peace and happiness of our country. It is a duty that we owe not only to our near and dear connections, but to ourselves. Yeah. So meaning that, you know, we're not just going to be women on the side sidelines. So this is. And, and Read this part right here, um, because we were just in in North Carolina. Maybe we'll do this after the break. But we were just in North Carolina. We were in Iridell County. Yeah. Now, James Iridell is Justice James Iridell is a very important uh, f- uh, figure in the foundation of American liberty. Well, his brother is in England and learns about I mean, this is international now. He's in England. He learns about what the women of the Edenton uh, party have done. And he writes home to his brother. When we get back, we're going to hear the letter to James Iridell. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. We are giving thanks, JC and I, hoping that you are starting a new family tradition. We are giving thanks to those who made American exceptionalism possible through the liberty that we have here in America. And so, uh, according to the North Carolina Historical Society, you want me to read it? Go for it. Okay. It says, um, news of the Edenton Tea Party quickly reached Britain. During the 1770s, political resistance was common, but an organized women's movement was not. Yeah, this is, I, I, I've seen where uh, this is credited being with the first organized uh, female political right. action. Right. Which, again, if you celebrate women, you're a feminist right? out there. It's not, it's not what they talk about. You never heard of it. They well, don't talk about this. So you should celebrate this. But it's always, again, uh, and I think, what do they call that? Second wave feminism mm-hmm. is, is the current movement, which is this doesn't line up with their principles. Right. Like Mercy Otis Warren, she was she was a, a very godly, moral, principled woman. Mm-hmm. So the, the second wave feminism actually celebrates debauchery and, you know, licentious, on licentiousness. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not pro women. It's anti men, anti family, anti marriage, anti children. So that's why they don't celebrate these people, because Mm -hmm. they have they have an an ideology, a licentious ideology that is not what these ladies believe in, that believed in liberty, that believed in morality. Well, because liberty has a principle of morality. You can't have liberty without the principles of morality as well. And so uh, it says the Organized Women's Movement Act was not. So the Edenton Tea Party shocked the Western world. This is why Hannah Winthrop will come back and say, uh, let Great Britain be known that even uh, American women will be politicians and patriots. Right. And this is what she's talking about. And so in January 1775, Arthur Iridell wrote to his brother, Justice James Iridell, who's who's involved in this liberty movement, describing England's reaction to the Edenton Tea Party. 
He says, uh, according to Arthur Iridell, the incident was not taken seriously because it was led by women. He sarcastically remarked, the only ones, the only security on our side is the probability that there are but a few places in America which possess so much female artillery as Edenton. <laughs> female artillery. Good thing these women aren't everywhere. Yeah, well, the British government would soon find out they are everywhere. And this, and that's what, again, I'll bring you back to that, uh, the story of the British soldier going to uh, to Colonel uh, or to uh, General Cornwallis and saying, look, we may defeat the men, but we'll have all all we can can do defeat the women. (laughs) Now you have this picture up, J.C., this is a political cartoon created yeah. by to the British. By, by the, the British and by the loyalists to disparage the women to impugn their character. Yeah, because the people in the colonies celebrated this. Right. The, the British did not like it one bit. Now remember, so it's they, na- it, yeah, is, it is it is international, worldwide now. <laughs> so they, they made the news. So right? they start mocking. Yeah. These women like so, Penelope Barker and Moshe was born. Let me show you what this picture is because in our current culture we may not get the subtlety of of how awful this is. This is a a political cartoon supposedly of the women of Edenton. Now you'll notice that they're signing a document and that's the pledge, right? This is Penelope Parker's women. And uh, so they're signing this pledge. Now what you see in there, you have to remember the women's, uh, their husbands are off fighting. So the men in this picture are not their husbands. So what you see are women lewdly cavorting with men. The, the, the figure on the ground is not a doll, it's a child. And so they're not only lewd and lascivious women violating the covenant of their husbands, but they're bad mothers because the child is laying on the floor unattended. There is a, a dog. dog in the house licking the child, peeing on the floor. <laughs> now, we <laughs> the laugh. The dog peeing on the floor. The dog is, the yeah, the dog's peeing on the floor. Now, we laugh, but this was a terrible insult. Yeah. Terrible insult to these women. How wicked these women How are. wicked these. Of course they're <laughs> wicked. They're they're going against the government. And so, look, this is the history that we have to thank for who we uh, are supposed to be today, for the Constitution and for liberty in America. Join us in this new tradition to celebrate the people. Pick up the books. Learn about them. Go beyond our study. God bless you this Thanksgiving. Thank God for the liberty we have here in America. We'll see you next week. America, America.